Hello, America. I'm Robert Reese, and welcome to CEO Show. We're here today with Sarah Chavaria. How are you, Sarah? I'm well, Robert. Thank you. And Sarah is the president of Delta Dental. This is a larger organization than many people realize, almost $10 billion in revenue and thousands of people. Talk about what the organization is, because it's really a different model than anyone else in healthcare has in the United States. Sure. So first of all, I'll start with we take care of over 44 million Americans by ensuring that they have access to oral health. And so we operate as Delta Dental of California, but cover those members across the entire United States. And we operate out of 15 states, Puerto Rico, and other places. And we're part of an association. I think most importantly, we have an incredible provider network so that over 44 million Americans can get that access to quality care. And later on, we'll go into culture and you'll hear some fantastic insights that Sarah has on building the culture. So frequently, people, you just don't get dental insurance. It's not accessible. It's really a frustration and it's hurting the whole healthcare system because I'm on hospital boards, have been for two decades already, and we know that a lot of diseases actually come because orally, that's where they start. So just talk about that concept. I love that you asked that. I too have spent my career in healthcare and oral health is health. I mean, think about a couple of things. People generally see their dentist twice a year. They may only see their primary care physician once a year. If they do go to the dentist, a big part of that is their screening. And that screening, as you've indicated, it can identify lots of things that point to heart disease, point to cancers, point to Alzheimer's even. And so that checkup at your dentist is a huge part of your overall health and well-being. And I think, you know, the more we can do to create that access and get people to go to the dentist, the better off we'll be holistically in providing overall care for people. Okay, but here's something that maybe doesn't happen as much as it should. Uh, Electronic medical records. When you go to a doctor or physician, you always have your history. How frequently do people on the healthcare or on the the medical side speak with on the dental side? (laughs) So we recently did a survey and we know from this survey that 55% of people do not share that information back or forth. So they do not take the dental visit that they just had where they had any learnings and communicate that to their primary care physician or vice versa. That becomes an important part as we think about overall health. And really for us as a payer in healthcare, such a great opportunity for us to find ways to support the patient in connecting those pieces of information together so they have a holistic understanding of their health. So with that said, Sarah, what is your vision for healthcare in America? So I, like I said, I've been a healthcare executive for a long time. I love being at Delta Dental because we are in the business of creating and providing that access to quality care. So we have this opportunity to partner with our providers across an incredible network to think about the unique needs of those patients. 
given some of the statistics that we just talked about, we know that when we can get people in the dentist chair, their journey on preventative health, overall health really begins because they're getting that screening, they're taking care of their smile. I mean, there's that healthcare side, but the the vision to get access for Americans, you know, period, um, is also about their sense of well-being, which has been a topic that I think more recently has taken the forefront. But think about people and their smile and how limited they might be in their social interactions and things like that. So the vision is really to improve access to quality care and do that on multiple fronts. And I know how important that is for you in terms of the equity that everyone has access. Absolutely. And I think other big organizational leaders uh, would agree, you know, when when you really come at it with purpose, and that is our purpose, then you think about how can we deliver that access to care through our business? How do we leverage our foundation? So we spend a lot of time through our foundation partnering with the people in the community that create that access to quality care through clinics, through programs, through mobile units. And so we're really thinking beyond just the membership that we have, right, over 44 million Americans, but we're also thinking about all the other people in our communities and how we create that access to care. Let's shift to something really big to, I speak with CEOs every day, and culture is top of mind. They're all trying to build cultures of agility, especially because their strategic plan is no longer five years, it's it's turning much more rapidly. Now, you've taken pride in that, and you have a known exceptional culture. Talk about your philosophy and specific tactics that you're doing to build that culture. Sure. I think, let's start with, come on, we're a 68-year-old insurance company in healthcare, right? So I walk in about six years ago, and I've walked into an organization that's very command and control and has been incredibly successful operating that way. But our transformation, our vision is to bring innovation to the table, to start thinking about new ways to create um, access to care. And we didn't have some basic, you know, uh, things like organizational values an established and stated purpose or vision, which are all important things to engage the, we have almost 5,000 people who work for us, right? How do you engage those 5,000 people? And so the culture started there. So I came in with a really uh, strong focus on listening. I, within three weeks, was flying out to meet with employees and inviting them to round tables, walking up to them in their workspace and asking one question. If this was a company that you would want your children, your neighbors, your cousins to work at, what would it be? And I filled up a whole notebook of uh, insights and learnings and information and then partnered with uh, my team internally to then launch a survey to do some validation of what we were hearing. And we named values. And once you have values at an organization, now you're starting to talk about not just What's the work we're doing? How are we doing that work? How do we expect each other to behave, right? We want to be respectful. We want to operate with trust. 
that, that was a big part was that listening strategy. Then we named our purpose. Um, we had no communication channels when I got here. Think about a command and control culture. CEO sits at the head of the table. He directs what everybody needs to go and do, and they go and do it. Um, if you're inviting innovation, we have to really start to shift and think about how do you shift that culture by communicating more directly with employees and sharing with them, where are we at? Put a pin in the map for them. Where are we going? Um, think about uh, how to invite them to the conversation and get transparent with them. And so we really, I'm, I'm really proud that our communication efforts have resulted in us really being top tier every time we do a pulse survey or, or anything else, we're well above the benchmarks, but we built channels, right? And those channels are things like we started town halls. So we're talking to our employees very directly about where we're going, pin in the map, what's our strategy, what are, how are we performing? We, you know, built out the listening sessions. We created a unique forum for all people leaders to come together so they could hear what we were going to tell employees in the town hall first, ask questions, and we published talking points for them. So all those things are really important for us. And there you're hearing the secret, the PhD, to building a great culture. We're here today with Sarah Chavaria. And Sarah is the president of Delta Dental. But now I want to shift to you have this passion to reinvent healthcare and create a better healthcare in America. Talk about a transformative moment that happened in your life. Could have been when you were a young girl, could have been early in your career, that really made you say, that's what I need to be doing. I would love to. I'm going to share an example outside of healthcare, but it was so pivotal to really setting the stage for what I started to do. And that was I worked for, uh, I, I was in El Paso, Texas. My dad was in the army. We got stationed there. And my first corporate job was working for Levi Strauss and uh, where we had plants, right? So picture a manufacturing floor. And uh, a big part of my job there was to uh, teach English as a second language, do some leadership development. And through the relationship I was building with employees to try to help them achieve some of those goals, I learned that um, employees wanted to be citizens. So we had a lot of employees who were not citizens of the United States. They were working on a green card um, and, you know, commuting into work. And so I started with a small group and just volunteered my time to work with them on studying to become a citizen, basically. And that exploded. And I realized there are so many employees plus family members plus neighbors who want this. So I very quickly pulled together a volunteer program. I drove myself down to the INS and uh, talked to the head of immigration and said what we were doing. Long story short, um, we celebrated 400 new citizens in one single event, which was incredible. What I learned from that was that if you take the time to really connect with people at an individual level, kind of let's use the word empathy, really invite yourself to have empathy for how they're coming to work, what their needs are, what makes their lives better so that they're, they can bring their whole selves to work. 
then you learn so, so much. And my transition into healthcare was we're all patients. We all have taken care of a patient. Um, I had, you know, my father died of cancer. My father-in-law died of cancer. So those experiences and the ability to sit in healthcare and work every day on the purpose of making healthcare more accessible and better for all of us, what greater purpose can one possibly have? So it, it personally ignites me every day. And I think that a big part of my job is to share my enthusiasm and passion with the people that work for us and across the industry when I'm invited to talk to others and, um, and inspire them to feel really tied to delivering on that purpose. And that is a truly inspirational story. Let's go into, you talked about empathy. And at the same time, you're starting everything off with a listening tour. Tell me a, a time when you were going on a listening tour, you were trying to listen to people, but you knew that people were going to be against you. How did you deal with that? I think this is a really important topic because I think sometimes as leaders, we open up a channel and we invite feedback and then you get resistance. And so let's talk about change management for a little bit. Um, you should always expect that, right? And so it's how we handle that that becomes really important. So we do town halls, we do people leader sessions, I travel out to different sites. And the first example I'll give is we've opened up a Q&A channel that employees can interact with the entirety of the town hall. They can post questions, they're visible to everybody. And most of the time we get questions or we get some commentary, you know, this is exciting. What about this? What about this? And it gives us good insights on what to talk about next. Sometimes we have employees who use those channels to advance, you know, harmful commentary, opinions um, that are not aligned with our values um, or they take a stand. And a couple of things to note. They're usually in the minority, but they're using that channel to really elevate what they're saying. So we started noticing that as, you know, many companies were facing vaccine mandate decisions and things like that. And I just addressed it head on. I got on a town hall and I started the town hall by saying, look, I'm noticing, you're noticing that we're, you know, inviting some commentary on our Q&A channel that is not aligned with our values. Here are my choices. I can turn the channel off or I can share this because I want to leave the channel on because I think it's an important feedback loop for us. If you're one of the folks who's leaving comments to this tone, you are not aligned to our company values. And maybe you should rethink if this is the company that you want to work for and work with. Um, so, you know, I think really addressing that and, and, and you know, is really important. I think one of the other philosophies I bring is I have made a big commitment to this organization that I will share what I know, when I know it, and how I'm thinking about it. Doesn't have to be a decision, but you know we live at a time where information happens fast. Uh, you know, social media runs faster <laughs> than we do, so I have that commitment of here's here's what I know. And then the last example I want to give is walking into one of our big offices. Picture a couple of hundred people there. And not unlike a lot of other leaders, my wonderful HR person comes up to me and says, hey, you're about to walk into the sea of people. There are two ladies. They are on the hunt for you. 
they have feedback for you. Avoid them. And I think natural human behavior is avoid them. Um, well, I've been doing this a long time and from an HR perspective for a long time. I said, who are they? I walked right up to them and said, hi, good morning. I'm Sarah. I hear you've got some feedback for me. Let's have it. What's going on? And it absolutely had this disarming effect because they couldn't believe that I just walked up to them and I listened. And you know what? Their complaint was fair. I said, I've heard you. That is not something I'm going to be able to solve in the next six to 12 months, but I have heard you. And now when I show up to that same office, I get a wave, I get a smile. So sometimes do the opposite of what you want to do and just be that transparent, approachable leader and just take it head on and have the conversation. Okay. Let's talk about CEOs. And with CEOs, obviously you're helping with healthcare because of the challenges. And what is, what is the message you have for CEOs of how you could connect Delta Dental with them? I think that as healthcare CEOs go, look, we're, we are all working toward the same purpose and the same goal, which is we understand that healthcare is about the individual um, and that the patient plays the biggest part in their own healthcare. And so our job collectively, if you think about the healthcare continuum, is how do we create access to healthcare for all. How do we do that? Because when people can access healthcare through the right channels, then we're running a better healthcare system as a country. And there you have it, Sarah. I want to thank you for being on the CEO show. Thank you so much, Robert, for having me. This was great.